Like getting lost in a game's maze and never playing again, so are the games of our lives. Good thing I have a co-host and guest that have some patience. These are the games of our lives. Super Mario and Pokemon and all the games that took us to another place and made us want to keep playing all night. Welcome, everybody, to the Games of Our Lives podcast. My name is Bill, accompanied, as always, by the wonderful, magnificent, heroic Tony. Heroic? Sure. I'll take it. And this week, we have a very special guest, a man who needs no introduction, but we're going to give him one anyway. His name is Robbie, a.k.a. Jombie Juice. He is the executive director of Stream for a Cause. Robbie, welcome to the stream. Thank you so much for having me. We're so happy to have you on the show. And what game are we talking about this week? As far as I know, Super Mario RPG Legend of the Seven Stars, which is absolutely the best game that's ever been made in the history of video games. And I will die on that hill. Oh, I don't... okay. We, where do we find this one, Bill? <laughs> <laughs> the best game of all time. I don't think this is a disputable opinion. I think... This is just facts that just came out. I am an expert, so yeah. <laughs> but before we get into the debate, I mean the the breakdown of the game of the week. Why don't we why don't we talk about the news? And this week, the biggest news that came out of this week was uh, Sony had their state of play, which let's be real, they think it's as cool as a Nintendo Direct. They think it's as cool as a Pokemon Presents. But I'll be real with you. There's only one game that I got hyped for out of that entire state of play, and that is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Cowabunga Collection coming out in 2022, featuring over 11 games from the history of TMNT with, with online co-op, baby. Uh, all your favorites, Turtles in Time, Tournament Fighters, all going to be together in one collection. It's going to be on multiple platforms. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Uh, Tony, obviously the hugest Ninten- uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. <laughs> how do you feel wow oh my god this is gonna be crazy right because it's got like all these games that i love and i'm just so excited to play them i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who's your favorite turtle oh uh, what's the uh <laughs> what, what's the one that's always like they're great and he's got the the bowl of cereal or whatever I think that might be Franklin. <laughs> then probably Franklin we're going to go with. Jombie, are you a uh, big Ninja Turtles fan? I'm a really big fan of bringing back the jumpsuit, which I believe the human character in the show wears. And I think jumpsuits are great. And that's really all I know about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> that's fair. I don't know if April O'Neil's playable in most of the games. I think she is in the fighter game. But she is going to be playable in the new Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge kind of rebuild that they're doing for the game. So that's that's pretty exciting. Next piece of news, the long-awaited rival to Mario Kart has finally landed and everybody hates it. Chocobo GP, Square Enix's Final Fantasy Racer, is a $50 game that <laughs> came out recently. And the whole game is basically chock full of microtransactions it is essentially 50 dollars to get the game and then a couple dollars to unlock each character once you have the game 
Oof, big wag. I love that. I love that for everybody. I, I I think like the thing at this point, it's like we're we're now in the year of our Lord 2022, and game companies are like the gamers are gonna love this. This is what's gonna make them happy. Well, I just personally find way more value in a game if I have to continue to buy parts of it, um, you know, as it comes out. So right. I don't want to just pay $60 for a game. I want to pay $160 for a game to unlock all of the cosmetics because it's honestly, it's so, it's so, it's way too nostalgic for me to just get everything I purchased in one transaction. Right. Plus, I love wasting time clicking through menus to search for the different things that I have and uh, don't have and want to spend more money on, obviously. Who wants to race when you can just buy a Chocobo? <laughs> right. I hope you can at least buy um, other parts to trick your Chocobo out, like spinners, maybe. Ooh. They are better with spinners. Quick question. Yeah. What the hell is a Chocobo? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a really big chicken. <laughs> so like a gigantic chicken. Huh. Uh, there, one person went on the record. I was reading an article and they spent about 10 hours with the game and had spent an extra like $20 of in-game currency and still didn't unlock Cloud Strife. And I was like, how is he not just like the playable character? Because he's the only person from Final Fantasy that matters these days. <laughs> sure. Next up in the news. This one's awesome. I'm super pumped for this. Uh, Nintendo Land Hollywood expected to open in 2023. We going? Yeah. <laughs> uh, soft pass. Sorry. Soft, soft. Too many people still. Yeah, not even like COVID worry, just like people anxiety worry, and I'm just, I think I'm just over it. Like the, the amusement park hype and stuff. Like I, I, I know this is par for the course as far as anything that I've ever said goes. But just like too expensive, all that stuff. You know what I mean? I feel like it's uh, people pay for the experience, but it's really uh, most of the time it's just not worth it to me. Sometimes it's worth it, but I have a feeling it's just going to be like, yeah, we built some stuff. You look at it. Oh, I don't know where your wallet went. Yeah, no, we don't know. Just oh, look at Bowser over there. And then it's like, all right. Yeah, that's pretty much the whole gist of it. Right. So Tony's out. Jombie, uh. I'll go with you, yeah. All right, perfect. <laughs> I, If there's one thing that I love, it's buying an experience for $60 and then it being $160 at the end <laughs> and being able to continually invest in that thing I should have gotten all at once. But in reality, I'm an amusement park junkie and I love that like, Disney World repeatedly takes my money. So if I can diversify that portfolio a little bit, that would be great for me. I can respect that. I can respect that. Personally, I there's two things about amusement parks that I look forward to. It's the whatever weird themed food concoctions they can come up with and or drink concoctions by extension, as well as like unique merch. Those are the two things that I look forward to the most. I'm not trying to get thrown off a roller coaster sponsored by a Koopa Troopa. I do that in Mario Kart 8 just fine by myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> But if they got like, you know, toad burgers and they got some, you know, mm -mm. secret mushroom sauce, I don't know. I don't know. Like, think about that. Like what you just said. First of all, a toad burger does not sound like something you want to eat because we have toads and you don't want to eat them. And second of all, their heads are mushrooms. So like, 
what is that mushroom sauce that you're eating? <laughs> and I think there's there's a lot of like really kind of dark, 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 dark vibes that are coming out of that idea of a toad burger. I think I'd be more into like a princess peach bun. I, th- all right, that that weebs are going crazy right now. Princess <laughs> peach know. buns. We just killed an entire princess group peach of buns. <laughs> Not on this show. Nosebleeds everywhere. <laughs> yeah, as a vegetarian, I'm gonna hand you guys forty dollars, and I would love for you to come back with two toad burgers for me, please, and a pair of princess peach buns. <laughs> Pass up, pass on the buns. I don't have any extra. The forty was only going to cover the two burgers. Hey, hey, hey! I would throw in the buns for free. <laughs> That's friendship right there. That is. Uh, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, I know we just met, but I think everybody should get to sample Peach's buns. <laughs> Once the park opens, you know, Jambi and I will be back to report our findings. Thank you. Speaking of food, though. This is big. This is probably the biggest news of the whole week. And honestly, the last piece of news of the whole week. Uh, Nacho fries are returning to Taco Bell as of yesterday. Hmm. That that was the hmm. that was not the pop I was expecting. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I've never had a nacho fry and I don't really eat Taco Bell, so I'm just like excited for you, I guess. Like in a really like honest and and respectful way, I'm excited for you. <laughs> But I have never partaken in a nacho fry, and I've also never um, seen a nacho fry. I don't even really conceptually understand what's happening with that. Isn't that kind of just a tip? They're basically French fries with uh, a lot of salt and uh, cayenne pepper, and you dip them in nacho cheese. So there's nothing nacho about it except the cheese? Yeah, and and like the... I can't call Taco Bell seasoning Mexican flavoring. I can call it Taco Bell flavoring. It's got Taco Bell flavoring, and you dip it in nacho cheese, and it's it's a pretty good time, I think. But it's a potato. It's potato, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's literally French fries. So they took Taco Bell and made it just a little whiter. I mean, I, if it was even possible. <laughs> I think they found a, a way. <laughs> like, Starbucks in there, and, and you got yourself a... <laughs> a vanilla frappe. Hey, they have vanilla iced coffees for Taco Bell breakfast, so don't don't underrate how white they'll go. Jeez, (laughs) Tony, are you have you had the nacho fries or nah? I I probably have. I'm a potatoes are my favorite food, so I try to try different potatoes, but I really don't like cheese except for like pizza grilled cheese and mac and cheese i don't know why weird exception but it really grosses me out a lot of the other times in dipping any kind of condiment grosses me out real bad wag to all those and uh <laughs> and yeah cheese as a condiment is just like zero out of ten that's just can't watch it can't see it happening don't want to smell it nothing nothing i'd like to explore that deeper if we have time sometime <laughs> <laughs> Tony, tell us where the cheese hurt you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Show me on this Gouda. So oh. I, have, I have a very important question to pose to you both then. And we'll start with Robbie. What is the best fast food French fry? Oh, that's um, that's definitely Burger King French fries for sure. I know like I know that Arby's curly fries are fantastic and they're very seasoned, but I feel like that gives them an unnatural edge compared to every other fry. A little so unfair. I want to look at the basic fry. 
which then it's Burger King because on some level they have managed to make them a little bit thicker like two C's and also they've done it in a way that they're super crispy on the outside but you can look at that fluffy inside Burger King french fry crispiness with like the softness inside it's like the McDonald's fries it's hit and miss and sometimes you can ring them out and like use that for whatever you want to use old McDonald's grease for and then I used to be very pro Wendy's but they changed that and now there's skin on my fries and I can never know if they're dirty or not so I just <laughs> I just go to Burger King now oh so you don't like the the Wendy's new fries at all no I don't like change. <laughs> Tony, what about you? What's your answer for this French fry conundrum? You know, my first thought is Mickey D's, right? That's just not a lot of thought has to go into it, even though it's hard to mess up a fry to it's me. Classic. I think Wendy's, Burger King. Uh, we have Duchess over here. I think all these these uh, places make good fries. I don't know about Arby's. I think Arby's is is dog food i think arby's is awful i'm just gonna i don't even consider that anywhere near any of the other places no offense just had to say it but um a couple i think a week ago my friend and i went on a video game hunt and we went to a checkers that we don't ever really get to go to and my friend got fries and those are absolutely delicious 10 out of 10 fries um okay checkers and mcdonald's man i mean those are yeah that's it. Ooh, I you know what we where I live we have rallies, which is basically like the like the, the equivalent of checkers. It's, I think it's the same company. I'm gonna have to go and check their fry game out because with praise like that, they were insane. Seasoning I actually good? forgot about checkers. Those are really good. Ooh, I my my answer is uh, Mickey D's. By the way, just classic oh, childhood nice. love, but. Clean. And I actually really love the the Wendy's fries as much as same, you hate same, to hear it. Same. Yeah, I like them a lot, too. What I will say that is good about McDonald's fries is that there's something about them that when they fall into the seat of your car, like they're still good several months later. <laughs> and that is a really impressive thing. Like um, staying because, power. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, they're here. And they're they're not going anywhere. And they'll be here long after long after <laughs> right. we die. And in a and in a pinch, you can maybe still eat one versus starvation or death. So like there's a lot there. Like you could keep an entire McMeal right in your glove box uh, for emergency purposes that you bought a year ago. Yeah, I don't even think their food needs to be refrigerated, so <laughs> No, it absolutely. As a matter of fact, I think it's better if you don't refrigerate. <laughs> Tip of the hat to thinking ahead, McDonald's. Oh. All right. The last piece of news. Oh, my gosh. More news? We're already talking about. I, I lied. I thought there was no more news. We got one more piece of news. What? There's, there's a new game that just came out for the Nintendo Switch. I need you all to to think about this and the ramifications of it existing. There's a video game called Chex Quest HD. Nuh-uh. Who's Chex? Where you play as different pieces of Chex Mix, like <laughs> the, the cereal-based candy or cereal-based snack treat, and you are fighting off an alien invasion in a first-person adventure. As cereal. As as cereal. The, the Chex Mix uh, squad... You know, you got to stop the evil Flemoids from uh, the remote planet Bazoik. 
in this sure. classic 1996 first-person adventure game. No, that makes sense. And it's available for $4.99. That well, is... that's asking a lot, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this should be free to play. That would have been in their best interest to not charge for it, yeah. <laughs> it uh, That was actually made by the the creators of Doom. Not lying. I watched a video on that. I didn't even <laughs> Wait, read... really? Yeah, I uh yeah. I don't know why my YouTube recommendation just like came up a week ago of like video games that I forget like weird uh like food video games, I think it was. And that was the first one. They're like, Yeah, checks quest. I looked it up on eBay. I'm like, Oh, you could still get the disc for your PC for like sixty bucks and they're like, Yeah, we were like what do we do to to appeal with this bum ass cereal that nobody wants? It doesn't have any sugar in it. And they're like, oh, people like kids like video games. Let's make a video game, and they got the Doom people to make it. And it's literally just Doom, but your pieces of checks. And then they talked about Pepsi Man, and that game is Japan exclusive, only like one hundred twenty dollars. Still, I'm just like, um, these games are pretty sick. <laughs> so they wanted to incentivize. So they they actually paid a quality studio to make this entire game in order to try to earn more money through check cereal not only did they try they heavily succeeded oh crap <laughs> do you think they succeeded in spite of the game existing or do you think or do you think the game is really what pushed the the sales of of checks in 1997 oh their numbers went up like dramatically that month that's insane that makes yeah. no sense Kids like guns. What are you, you going to do, you know? That's fair. If if uh, if McDonald's ever partnered with, like, Fortnite and they came out with Fortnite sauce. Uh, oh, forget about it. You know, it. those McDonald's numbers would just triple. A chug jug pack. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like blue barbecue sauce to dip your nuggets in. For, forget kids meals. This is. That's an adult only purchase. It's going to be like the big kids meals from McDonald's. Ooh. Yeah, Mighty Kids meals. Mighty Kids, that's what it Mighty was. Mighty Kids. Yeah, I keep one in my um in my glove box for emergencies. <laughs> right, <laughs> and Same it's been one. there for a while since Mighty Kids have been discontinued for <laughs> a little over a decade, probably. Absolutely, but I'm still a Mighty Kid, and in an emergency situation, you that would also be tender. glad that I was a Mighty Kid. <laughs> <laughs> All three of us would get one tender and one super crispy fry. Can't wait for the apocalypse. <laughs> well that is it for the news we are going to move on to the game of the week which is super mario rpg the legend of the seven stars now this game was the first foray super mario ever had in the world of rpgs made by square enix this was back when square enix was bffs with nintendo before they stabbed him in the heart when they went over to Sony for Final Fantasy VII. No salt, no salt. That's on the French fries. <laughs> and you play as Mario and Peach and Bowser and two other lovable scamps as you try to save the Mushroom Kingdom from the evil uh, Smithy, who is a big bad man. The game came out in 1996, and it is the greatest video game of all time. It's true. It's true. Yeah. Uh, Tony, did you play this game as a kid? Not as a kid, but a few years ago. Wow. Probably well, the older I get, the worse it, 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 I become at telling how long ago events were. Let's say four years ago, maybe. 
I said, let me give this game a shot. And as the intro of our lovely podcast may have suggested, I got lost. And uh, that was it. I'm not really sure how far into the game that is. It doesn't seem very far, probably a couple hours or so. And I don't really remember too much. I really honestly don't even know why I do this podcast. I know very little about what we're talking about. Uh, but but no, for, for a game like this, it was, uh, you know, you send me a text. You say, hey, this is what we're doing. I said, great, can't wait. <laughs> and then here we are. And uh, I got nothing for you. So good week to have a guest on. And uh, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to sit here with my vanilla chai taco bell latte and uh and let you <laughs> let you wonderful folks talk about your favorite game Jombie, uh was this a childhood game for you or is this uh, a more new experience for you so for me it was actually it was a childhood game so it was when i was really little uh i got a super nintendo right so like i got the super nintendo from my grandma it was amazing loved it it was really my first gaming system and I can't I lived in a really rural place, right? So like I don't even know that we had a Walmart. So you couldn't really buy new games super easily. Right. Uh so I used to always go and rent this exact same game over and over again. And eventually when the video store closed, they literally just gave it to me. Like the copy I have still has the little barcode on oh it. Oh my god. Um when they would like scan it out to me. Cause I'm pretty sure I was the only one playing it. And so I played it all the time. It was like my favorite game. And like I said, when they closed, they just gave me the well, they didn't close. They stopped carrying Super Nintendo games. So they just gave it to me, which was super cool. And then I went out and bought the um, the emulator, the Super Nintendo emulator solely because it had this game on it. Oh, yeah. The 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 Super Nintendo mini. Yep. Yep. So I bought one of them just to replay it for there and honestly haven't yet. So that's a little sad, Uh, but haven't had haven't had as much time. But then I discovered, too, that people do, like, all this crazy stuff with it. Like, there's, like, emulators for it, and they've got, like, randomizers and, like, all sorts of crazy stuff. So, like, I'm kind of wanting to to play it again. The mod community is super strong for this game. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's neat, too, because, like I said, I grew up someplace where there wasn't, like, none of my friends liked the game. It was single player, and it was, in their eyes, really boring. But I, I think that they were very wrong. Of course. And so it's been cool to see how many people around the world actually have enjoyed this game and like how popular it was. Um, and I think that that's awesome because it is a really, really good game. I mean, it it was one of the first games that I remember playing as a kid. Um, my my household has always been very video game friendly. And my dad had a Super Nintendo. The, the Super Nintendo came out in like 1991. So I was two years old when it entered my house. But I didn't really... Uh, start developing memories until I was like five or six. So (laughs) thinking back at least. And so I was right in that age bracket where Super Mario RPG was one of the first games that I got for me. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so excited to come home from school. So excited actually that I had a copy of the player's guide, like the official Nintendo player's guide that I would bring to school to read and look at during recess because instead of interacting with other kids, (laughs) I, I brought a copy of either the most recent Nintendo power or a player's guide with me to school every day that I could look at. Cause I was cool as hell. 
and I I loved the game. I I must have I must have beaten the game 15 20 plus times at this point in Same. my life. Oh yeah. And it's it's one of those games that, you know, looking back it's not one of the hardest games at all, but it is a nice little, you know, 15 hour romp down memory lane and it is it's like it's like the mashed potatoes of the video game world. Like it just it feels good to, yeah. to have a spoonful of it. Yeah, it's got like it's got I don't know, there's just something about it. Like you've get you get the Mario experience and like the turn based thing. You get characters that you don't often get to play as. I mean, prior to like the Wii, you very rarely got to play as like Peach and right. Bowser. I mean, outside of Mario Kart, which isn't really playing as anybody like you you had opportunities to like engage with characters other than Mario and see like this perspective. I I would honestly say that Super Mario RPG was one of the first games that lets you see what the world that Mario lives in, like where he's from, like what Mario's world is like because you get to explore it in a cool way. Like like Princess Peach runs a whole ass castle, you know? She's like doing stuff and she's right. got like chancellors and like villagers that live there and everybody knows her and you're seeing like a functioning economy <laughs> and stuff in exactly in the game and it was just it was much deeper than run through the side scrolling level um out in the wilderness like you never see where a toad lives or like little toad babies hopping on beds and all of this cool stuff that's in the game and um yeah there's the adventure part of it as well but there was also like I would say that was the first time that Nintendo had done really significant world building um, for Mario. Absolutely. And I, I totally agree. And I think one of the the most important things about Mario RPG is it it almost I would say it set the tone for the Mushroom Kingdom even yes. today. Yeah. Like because even if you look at characters like Bowser, who, yes, he plays the villain role in most of the Mario games, but. Whenever you see Bowser, there's you already know that there's like a little piece of like good in him, or and like you know like he's a flawed character, but he you know he's funny and he's you know he he's got like this like internal power struggle and stuff like that, and it's really it's kind of cool to see that depth of character in you know characters that you've been interacting with only in the context of jumping. Right, like Bowser actually, like the reactions that they have in the things, like he has these like stare off into space main character moments where he's like <laughs> contemplating things. He's anime in the game. pro tag. He is, he is. And he's like, I'm doing this because I want to reclaim my throne. And I'm like, what? No, this is weird. And and just like the little emotes that the characters have, like with their little sad cry oh eyes and things so like much that. emotion. It's so good. The writing is also super good. The, yeah, agreed. There's like there's jokes that when I play the game now, like when I when I was little, I thought not like nothing of them. But like coming back and playing the game as an adult, like there's like really witty humor through the whole game. And I think that that is something that you don't often get in a Mario game at all. This is probably one of the most story driven and and like dialogue heavy Mario games. Absolutely. Ever. Right. And it you can you can tell how influential this game was just by looking at the the Mario RPG franchise that basically was birthed from this game. You look at Mario and Luigi, which is a very lighthearted, cartoony type adventure. 
And mm-hmm. you look at Paper Mario, which again has its own little charm to it. And you can see all those roots stemming from Mario RPG. Oh, for sure. The same humor is in Paper Mario as an RPG. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I believe the... So Paper Mario for the 64 was initially being developed as Mario RPG 2, but they did change enough of it around where they decided to basically go off as a different franchise as opposed to a sequel. Yeah. And also, you know, something that was really cool is in that game, they touched on some serious topics that you probably didn't know about ahead of time. Like there's an entire arc with the character Mallow where he's talking about finding his identity because he was put up for adoption. Like he spends half the game, like they do it in a a comical way, obviously, but like he thinks he's a frog and nobody wants to tell him like, (laughs) he's a cute little cloud, but no, you're a frog buddy. You just can't jump. And, and like how his, he's still like, despite all of that, like it's his real family, right? The people that raised him are his real family. He, he's still, he's still loyal to his strange Asian inspired Confucius styled grandfather frog. Like that's where he sees himself and he doesn't know. And then like the story of him finding his parents becomes like this huge arc throughout the entire thing. And it's, it's crazy because that's, like quite literally probably the first time the concept of adopted ever popped into my life. Right. Right. And you know, you almost, you almost miss that, especially if that's not like a concept that you've been familiar with. Cause you even as a kid, I didn't even really think about it like that. And I'm just like, Oh, like well, doy, we're going on an adventure to, to find his real parents. But like you said, like, you know, the real, the real family was the friends you made along the way. And that even happens in the game after you already interact with Mallow's family and save, you know, the, his kingdom. He's like, sorry, mom and dad, I'd love to stick and chat, but it, it's Mario Bing Bing Wahoo season. I'm jumping into a volcano. <laughs> right, exactly. It was just, it was really cool how they continued that arc. And then the characters that they made that were specific for the game like Gino and and Mallow and the entire like Cloud Kingdom. It was just it was really good world building. And I just I don't truthfully know that that Nintendo has recaptured that in any Mario franchise game since. So that's crazy. I I think the closest they've done to kind of recapturing that was with the first two Paper Mario games, just as far as you know, having these overarching stories and these unique characters. But I think I agree with you just because Square Enix had so much free reign to kind of play around in this world with uh, with Nintendo's hand not looming over them, that they yeah. were able to really tell such a unique story and build such a unique world to the point where, I mean, Gino, who is this you know, warrior from the star road comes down and infiltrates the body of a a little boy's doll to save the world. And this character is about as iconic a character from an old game as it gets. And to this day, people have been pounding the table for Nintendo to revisit this character. 26 years. Yeah. Yeah. 26 years. It's uh anniversary was just like last week or something like that. It's crazy. And 
listen, we we still want our wooden boy in a cape. The only time we've seen him since was in Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga as like a minigame throwaway. Yeah, they really, I mean, the character is so neat uh, just as a standalone character that he could really have his own game. I mean, like, I th- feel like there's enough there with just like his origins of being a, literally the power of like wishes and stars are always like a main staple in the Mario universe, but he is wishes and stars like personified. And right. so it's crazy to me that they've carried on that theme of, of stars and wishing and like hope and all of those sorts of things. And they haven't revisited the character that literally is the embodiment of the wishes of people in the mushroom kingdom. They make new ones all the time. Like I would say Rosalina is almost sort of similar in that way. Like the Lumas and everything and that they have like that upkeep um, of like wishes and, and hope and things like that. But like Gino is that come to reality and so it's always been a little annoying to me that they have this amazing character that they don't they don't spend any time on i should write a letter (laughs) i i think there's already been at least a a thousand hundred and forty five character responses sent to square enix via twitter but i don't know if anybody's actually written a strongly worded letter i'm pretty good at writing letters so i could try well, we did actually get some news recently, actually, just back uh, a couple of weeks ago, almost a month ago now. So the Mario RPG game director, uh, Chihiro Fujioka, has basically gone on the record saying that, you know, he's had a fruitful career. Uh, his One of his first games ever was Super Mario RPG. And, and this is a quote that he had. So in my career, I've been involved in a lot of games, and you know I'd really like my final game to be another Mario RPG game if possible. I think Mario & Luigi is cool, but I want to go back and create a Mario RPG where you're only controlling Mario. And when he was asked if he had any other story ideas, he said, quote, that's a secret. I mean... The, the rumor mill has been going on that there may be some sort of either sequel or follow-up or spiritual successor to super mario rpg somewhere in the works i would love that um i hope that he doubles back on that only control of mario portion he's my least played character (laughs) not like could rotate him out of my party like but right gosh i wish i could have he was like he was like i wanted i wanted bowser peach gino like that was my dream team and i never could have it uh, but yeah, um, so I think that uh, I think that that would be really awesome, though. I think that it would be good to revisit the storyline, that style, because there's a lot of people that have never played the game. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get Tony to circle back and try it again. I I think that that'd be good. I'm I'm honestly that's operator error. If you got lost in a linear game, that's that one's on you, friend. So you're going to have to you're going to have to give it another shot. Um feel free to DM for questions, but it's a really good game. It's fantastic. And I think that a lot of people would enjoy that style of game now. Right. Not just, not just people who like liked the first one who are recircling back to it as an adult, but like, like I think it would be an attractive game to put out just based off what people like, like that, that switch up to the formula 
I mean, look at Arceus. Like, that was different than any other Pokemon game, and people went nuts for it. And at this time, it's been long enough since there has been something like Super Mario RPG. It's going to have that same effect of this is a new version of a, something that we love. I mean, just to, to piggyback on what you're saying, could you imagine a Mario RPG game, but with, like, the controls of, like, maybe outside of battle, like a Mario 64, Mario Odyssey type platforming adventure with like RPG battles mixed in. Oh my God. Something like that would obviously be the greatest of all time, but only barely over this game. But that I don't want to get my hopes up. That's, that's too much wish casting. That is a lot. And we don't have Gino here to help. So (laughs) it's true. That's true. We need him back. We do make our dreams come true. Dino. (laughs) They even made them look terrible in the new super smash brothers game. And that's what hurts me the most. I think. Yeah. I mean, there was some good parts about him being so pixelated and grainy in the original game. That's true. uh, That I didn't realize like his actual character design quite as much. So, I mean, I think that, but like it's, it's 2022. Everybody can change up how they look like we can rebrand. I mean, we need to bring back literal finger guns. We do. We do. That was such a cool ability. Oh my god, yes. You get him in your party and you're like, what the heck, Mallow, you've been useless for so long. Like, move over, you little fog cloud. And even Just get this fart out of my party. I'm playing Geno now. <laughs> exactly. And I think so I, I think this game has some of the highest approachability as a uh an RPG as well. Because they did a lot of things that were so almost like taboo and different compared to RPGs at the time like this despite being made by Final Fantasy's uh Square Enix you know this game did not have random encounters this game didn't have just you know throw your math numbers to do damage at enemies while they do the same to you you know this game had a lot more uh interaction involved like all the enemies that you fight are visible on the overworld so you can just avoid enemies and yeah during battles instead of just pointing at the monster you want to do battle with the game asks you to participate in the battle by including these timed hits where you have to press a button in sequence with the move to give it a little bit more power and like those were pretty revolutionary at the time i think i think they were too i mean you had it's like even looking at final fantasy i would say that super mario rpg also drove how they ended up kind of going with final fantasy because you had elements that they experimented on because it wasn't like they could break that formula for final fantasy in this because it was a different world and if people were like this isn't what i paid for this isn't final fantasy you'd be like well it doesn't matter because this is super mario rpg it's a different game different franchise we just happened to develop both and i think what was really interesting is because like the early stages of Final Fantasy games that they did with Nintendo, it was all about just strategic gameplay. Um, There wasn't, there was the random element, there was the random encounters, there was the, um, I don't think timed hits were a thing. I mean, you could crit or whatever, but it had nothing to do with you. Yeah, not in the original Final Fantasy games, no, yeah. And so like, but they put that sort of stuff in to Final Fantasy after Super Mario. And I think that that's really cool. Even so far as like, I really can see a lot of similarities between Final Fantasy 12 and Super Mario, specifically with like the open world, seeing the enemies that are out there on the field. You've got the roaming princess who's trying to rebuild her kingdom kind of thing. Like there's a lot 
there's a lot there story wise, but then there's also a lot there just the the timing wise, the timing of the hits, the way that the combat worked uh, was a little funky in that one. But that was one of the first Final Fantasy games where you could see enemies roaming around. But I don't know. Super Mario did it decades before. So right. it, it only took Pokemon 20 years to figure that out as well. Yeah, people like that. They want the world to feel like things live in it and not just like right an empty map with all of a sudden jump scare into a battle. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and that's I I mean, I think that's why a lot of people do like even like the poke uh the Pokemon Let's Go games cuz even though they're, you know, much easier compared to like the predecessors and, you know, they're a little basic, but like you get to see the Pokemon in the overworld and that I think adds a lot to the to the fun and the experience overall. That's one thing that I think Final Fantasy games, that's one thing that makes that Mario game also feel really cool. Like, think about how fun Super Mario 64 was. Like, Super Mario 64 is a really, really good game. You're seeing Peach's Castle, and probably what is the first approximation of how we see Peach's Castle today is, like, that big, daunting castle with stained glass window kind of thing. Right. There's nobody there. Like, she's ruling over a field. Like, (laughs) that's it. And you... There's one thing that I think people forget about with world building, and that's that people need to live in the world. And I think that's one of the big draws of Final, or not Final Fantasy, um, Super, uh, Super Mario RPG, is that the world is inhabited. The toads that are running around all have feelings. The different little kinds of people that you meet, the different races, they all have thoughts. And like, even if it's not a big part of the story, they have a little quip for how their day is going. And it's like talking to people and also it's the first game that recognizes that yeah mario saved the world multiple times like people freak out when they see him they're like oh my god it's mario what am i gonna do like i'm so nervous to talk to you right now because you're mario um and i think that that's really fun but people want to see a world that's alive final fantasy 10 obviously fantastic game but you run around in the world outside of final fantasy 10 and it's like it is a barren hallway it is. It is. Absolutely is. And people love that. People love for the worlds to not just be like a place to look at, but a place to interact with and a place to see see things being a part of it. And that's what that's what Pokemon Arceus did, I think, super well. Um, but that's what Super Mario RPG did first. And it was, I still think that was one of the first games that had that where the world actually felt alive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, that Mario RPG is... A, a huge, huge reason why so many kids who grew up with the Super Nintendo and ended up playing this game, you know, are the Nintendo fans that they are today. It it's yeah. such such a such a wonderful game. And we haven't even talked about one of the other insane aspects of it, which is, let's be real, banger soundtrack. Oh my god, I've been sitting here with the do 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 in my head for this entire time. Like you cannot you cannot sleep on the sounds and the music of that game. It is so good. I mean I mean it's so Yoko Shimomura is the the composer for this game and she is she's responsible for a lot of music in a lot of games. She does a ton of work with Square Enix. Her, I think her like magnum opus was probably Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Which let's be real, Kingdom pretty Hearts. Okay. Pr- like it's it's pretty good. It's it's all yeah, right. It's pretty good. I wasn't like <laughs> angrily singing Sanctuary in the car two hours ago. So <laughs> fine. 
<laughs> so, I mean, between that and Xenoblade, and you know, she actually did uh, the music for Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga as well. But I mean, starting with Mario RPG is one of her first games. Like, it's kind of insane. Yeah, bust out with a banger. Like, it's a really good soundtrack. Um, in the way that like throughout the whole game, the music for the different areas, uh, it really does as you're progressing through it. It's like going to a concert because it gets more. There's like different builds, different things. She plays on different parts of the music at different parts. The characters all have themes a lot like the um, a lot like out of the Final Fantasy genre where they've got the themes for the different characters. And so it's really cool. I don't even know if there is music in Super Mario 64. Like if I'm thinking about it, I remember there's a ripple sound. I mean, through a painting and footsteps. I mean, Super Mario 64 has some some banger tracks in its own right. I mean, Koji Kondo did put in the work there. bob Battlefield is pretty iconic, I'd say. The old... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think one thing that is different, though, um, is that a lot of those kind of after you're playing for a long time, it fades into the distance, the music part of it. Whereas it's such a heavy part in the Super Mario RPG experience i guess that like it sticks with you differently it does i mean like i said what the game's been around for how long like over a quarter of a century and i still know that music i mean that's crazy i mean like you even end up like just exactly it's one of those games where the the songs become earworms and you'll find yourself not not a single song in the game is overly complicated and that's to its credit because literally every once in a while I'll have like the battle theme, just like the ba 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 like that. Yeah, that fanfare is yeah, just yeah, yeah. It's so simple and so repetitive, but it, like it just feels good. Thinking about how to change all of my stream alerts now to Super Mario <laughs> RPG sounds so like no big deal. But yeah, I, I mean, if this is a game that you have not played, you're doing yourself a disservice. I highly, highly recommend you go check it out. It's available on the Switch if you have Switch Online. It's available. You can use one of those E-words if you want. And if you want to give yourself a challenge, there are a handful of Super Mario RPG randomizers out there where you can play the game either a little out of order or there's like a Mario RPG hard mode uh, ROM hack out there too. There's so much that you can do with it, and the game's really only about 15 to 20 hours long, so it's not a huge time sink, but it is just a fun, lighthearted experience through the Mushroom Kingdom and kind of gives you a good glimpse as to, you know, what kind of kickstarted what we know today as the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, that's that's how I feel. What are we talking about? Good feeling. Oh, my gosh. Oh, hey, Tony. Huh? I like the things you do. Hey, Tony. I wouldn't be um, you if I could, because you've never played Super Mario RPG. So I guess fair. maybe fair. maybe just this one time. I do live in the land of cereal, though. So if you really want, I can mail you a box of Frosted Flakes. <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take whatever I could get. <laughs> Actually, you can you can buy entire pallets of Frosted Flakes. So if you've ever been interested in an actual metric ton of frosted flakes they are only about 60 dollars here in the land where we make the cereal so um don't tempt me 
That's such a good deal, though. Honestly, though, that's insane. <laughs> Nobody wants it. I'll take really? it. I'll take it. I mean, I've been known to uh, get those. Uh, Amazon sells like these boxes of, you know, like the mini boxes of cereal. Mm-hmm. Oh, like yeah. The, the single serving little bad well, boys. I feel like a giant when I was a kid. Exactly. And they make you, they make you feel like even more of a giant now because you, you really need to eat two of those to really count as a bowl of cereal these days. But I mean, you can get like a 48 pack from like Amazon or something for like 13 or 14 bucks, which is not. Yeah, not a bad deal. I used to have a little rubber ball and my mom would line them up on the counter and I had to bounce the ball up in whichever box of cereal I knocked over. That was the one I had to get that day because I just could not make up my mind in the morning. <laughs> and so we had this like method for randomly selecting the cereal. Um, and I could try to aim, but since I couldn't, I got whatever I got. That's that's pretty incredible. Highly recommend. I'm going to start doing that. I'm going to have Chalupa. I'm going to line up like four boxes and whatever one Chalupa knocks over first. That's what we're eating. There you go. The more you can really get Chalupa to make more uh, major life decisions for you, really the better. Um, Understandable. I've also heard that Chalupa gives great life advice. So uh, <laughs> he sure does. You know, lots, lots to just process there. Any final thoughts on Super Mario RPG? Um, honestly, I love it. <laughs> it's a game that <laughs> it's a game that I think most people should try. I think that I think if you like any RPGs, if you're a big Mario fan, if you are, you just want to have like something that's a cozy playthrough as well. It's not hard. It's not fast paced. You can. It's a great one to play on a lazy Saturday or a lazy weekend and make cozy food and just like hang out and enjoy a game that has really good dialogue great music and and not a whole lot of pressure but still a really driving story so like it's it's good and it's hard (laughs) tony i will hold your hand through the the forest maze is that where you got lost was the forest i don't know that makes sense that's it is a maze yeah that's that's probably the most confusing part of the entire game yeah that's fair. It's very, it's got those like Ocarina of Time, <laughs> listen for the song vibes. Um, but there's also guides online. So I'm just saying. Yeah, probably should have done that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a point in my, my gaming span where my patience was very, very thin. So I'd be like, all right, I'm going to give it, give this game a fair, honest chance. And then. At any point, if one part took me more than like three or four minutes to get through, I'd be like, this is just awful game design. I'm not playing this anymore. And that was pretty much it. <laughs> three to four minutes. I, I've changed my number. If you get through the game, I will. If you get if you get through the game, I will send you a box of cereal. Done. Okay. We'll follow up with that as we do with all of our uh, fulfilled promises that our podcast has made. <laughs> lie of the week lie of the week baby my favorite segment (laughs) listen i'm crazy about following through on these off the wall commitments so you know you play the game you get cereal one box it's like five dollars it'll be fine We'll, we'll keep you in the loop I'm going to find a loophole. I'm going to make you give me one of those old, like, original boxes of Pokemon cereal from, like, 96 or, like, 98. <laughs> there was, like, well, the honestly, blue with holographic. enough Sharpies, anything can be an old-looking box of cereal. <laughs> so, I'll get my tracer paper out, and we'll be fine. I'll send you the link. <laughs> okay. 
so this is available on the the Super Nintendo like it, uh it is. Thing? So it's it's on the SNES Mini, it's on the the Wii U shop. It is available on Switch Online. Just it's right there with that Super Nintendo like app thing? Yes. Oh, all right. All right. Maybe maybe with that sort of accessibility I will dabble perhaps. At least I'm Yay. highly certain that it's there, but I'm if if it's not I'll I'll make you I'll make you a copy. You'll make me a copy? Yeah, I will program the game myself and send it your way. Dude, that's, that sounds that I'm going like to check right now because my Switch is right next to me. This is very easily done. You can call me the liar of the week. Oh, <laughs> we've established that we're both the liars of the week. <laughs> Every week. <laughs> Since episode one. Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. We got... Yeah, it's not on here. Oh. Son of a bitch. Oh. Uh, Dang, it's pretty rough. Well, no serial so, Since Square developed the game and none of the other classic Square RPGs have been added to the Switch Online, it's doubtful that it will be added anytime soon. That is a dang shame. That is a, I just looked it up. Google was like literally right here. All right. You can record these on a computer. I got to learn how to program video games now because that's, that didn't pan out for me. Next week, folks. You heard it here first. <laughs> I only got a one week timeline. Uh oh. Should be fine. It's not like people go to school for that or anything. No, 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 no. Absolutely not. Just kidding. We love all you game design people. Some of you. <laughs> Some of you. Unless you've gotten a wag of the finger from us, which <laughs> let's be real. But what a what a fall from grace. Square Enix makes Mario RPG. Square Enix makes Chocobo GP. I mean, <laughs> tell me the company's not going under tomorrow. It's true. I mean, honestly. <laughs> Although I was really disappointed um, playing Super Mario RPG that when I got the game, I didn't have a bunch of microtransactions to make afterwards to make the total cost of the game go up. I should have been able to buy all of those characters and I should have been able to buy customizable outfits for each one for literally hundreds of dollars. I mean, it's the only way to play a game. It is. If I can't have it my way, mm -mm. nope, not worth my time. I mean, look at look at Pokemon Unite. I'm pretty sure they had like a Christmas outfit for one of their Pokemon and it was $30, which why not make it 50 at that point? Honestly. Yeah. I mean, the game was free. Um, so which mistake number one, make it right. a $40 experience at least. Right. Cause I'm going to have to spend even more in cosmetics to get up to my $160 total. And it's, it's a big, it's honestly a lot of hassle. I prefer to get like a big chunk of it out of the way with the actual game title. Exactly. Upfront money, baby. Well, I think it is time to move on to our uh, our favorite segment, which is interview of the week. Yes. So we are going to rapid fire ask Jombie, a.k.a. Robbie, a.k.a. The Juice. The Juice. <laughs> we have three questions each prepared for you, so we're going to bounce them off you back and forth. Uh, we'll start with Tony, and we will rock through them. Uh, and you have to be 100% honest because if Chalupa finds out that you were lying, uh, when you, when you inevitably come over to visit, he's going to hide under the bed the whole time. Wow. It's a lot of pressure because that's actually the reason I was coming to visit. <laughs> so. <laughs> so, Tony, why don't you kick us off here? Uh, well, it wasn't on my list, but now, I mean, there's a big elephant in the room. Any relation to the other juice uh, guy, you know, OJ Simpson? No, 
Nope. Although I do get that a lot. But not related. Nope. Have you co-opted his catchphrase, the juice is loose? I haven't because I'm afraid of trademarks. I... (laughs) I'm it's honestly not the only a really big fear for me, as well as being murdered in my home and then the person getting acquitted for it. Reasonable, reasonable. It's just these little things I live with every day. <laughs> the stressful uh, life. <laughs> a tough nickname, a tough moniker to hold. All right, so my gloves do fit, though. If you did wonder. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that I could get through a sentence without being very nervous about what I'm going to say, you you host <laughs> from. From one light to the other in terms of a personality here, you you are the operator slash executive, basically the head honcho of uh, Stream for a Cause. What made you want to start Stream for a Cause? What was your inspiration for that? Oh, sure. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I didn't spend a lot of time on Twitch um, before Stream for a Cause. But I had friends that were on Twitch and I had friends that were streamers and I would pop in and watch their streams, especially if they were doing something for charity. And I was a little I guess I was a little upset that every time they were picking charities, I I knew some of those friends were using services that were local to them, like nonprofits. So it was just like a an LGBTQ plus community group, whether they were going and getting, you know, help for mental health. But they always were giving to like the large international version of those charities. And I kind of asked why, and they were like, well, like that's how you have to do it on Twitch. If you want to do a charity stream, you have to pick the big organizations. I was like, that's really sad. And so I kind of thought about that for a while. And then I had like a really angry nap at a place that I was working that was just not using money that they had received responsibly. Like it was a huge, it was a bigger community-based nonprofit and they they were spending a lot of money on on things that did not matter to our mission. And I was grumpy about it and I took a nap and then I dreamed up Stream for a Cause and literally woke up and filed to incorporate as a business and then and then applied for a nonprofit ship after that. So it was like a combo. It was kind of learning this like idea that there is pressure for streamers who want to give back locally, but they need that guidance to do it. Um, so I bring my experience working in the nonprofit field in for that. And then also the idea that like maybe we do need a little bit of brand recognition and and people who can like work through how to give local so we can provide our expertise on that as well. And it just became this really cool thing where we've built this like nice community and happy, happy vibes about helping other people. Wow. Good for you. And I'm so happy it's it's doing so well. And that's just all only good, only good vibes being spread around and just for the right reason. So it's nice to finally be talking to someone on this podcast that has, you know, a heart. <laughs> I know. He, Tony spends his whole time talking to me usually, and that's, uh, it can be, it can be grating on a person. I know. It's Honestly, tough. Heartless are a big industry. We're on what came three and all those little sub games. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, uh, my question is just as hard hitting. So brace yourself. <laughs> who's your favorite pokemon starter ever <laughs> and uh it's a part a part b who would you be willing to go to war for of the three starters in uh generation nine that just got announced okay well that's a really easy question for me um if does it have to be a it has to be a starter not my favorite pokemon right okay um yeah. my favorite starter is poplio because i think Primarina's is really cool honestly it's one of my favorite Pokemon it's in my top 10 and um I thought as a starter it was unique 
as well because honestly super freaking cute and then also the ability to get that fairy type pretty strong yeah definitely um poplio is my favorite starter now it should come as no surprise that quaxley i would die for um literally it's fine like it's not it's just like that is first of all i only use water pokemon when i play pokemon i don't use any other type of pokemon because the rest of them suck but i do use exclusively <laughs> water pokemon and so obviously i was going to pick quaxley but then it turns out quaxley was also the cutest out of all of them i don't need a cat right we have cats i mean we do have ducks too there i guess they're both real but <laughs> Like, cats are, like, they're cats, right? Like, everybody's got a cat. Not everybody has a duck, especially a duck with a pompadour. And so I have decided that I am a huge fan of Quaxley. I utilize my power at Stream for a Cause to comment on Quaxley-related things from all of our official <laughs> accounts anytime I see it. Because even though I may not be fighting a war for Quaxley, I am fighting for the hearts of of Quaxley fans everywhere, every day. It's an impressive job, and uh, I, that, I think I think those it's are not both really pretty... a job, Bill. It's kind of like a mission. It's like a <laughs> it's, it's a like call. a higher calling. A higher calling. <laughs> Quaxley called, and I have answered. I'm sure he's glad that you are are fighting the battles for him because you just, he. You just wait. He, you just wait. Listen for as, April Fools as a Fue Coco Stan. Okay, I can say. You know, he's a cute little adorable crocodile pepper. And I'm pretty sure that Tony's number one, correct me if I'm wrong, is Sprigatito. Sprigatito. Oh, yeah. I don't we'll know. Well, have fun with They're your grass cat. They're all pretty cute. Um, sorry, but Foy Coco kind of looks like, kind of looks like a garbage can. Oh. <laughs> so, like, I don't want to be, like, that person, but I don't see bell pepper. I see, like, oh, look, I can make that shot with this balled-up piece of garbage. First of all, he's not a bell pepper. He's a jalapeno pepper. Second of all, he's an adorable little crocodile with an overbite, so... We've already had that. We've already had that. And, exists. and guess what? Totodile is my favorite starter from that generation. Coincidence? Probably. Probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm enjoying looking at this recording and knowing that I got that probably out there just like a smidge <laughs> right before. So that makes me happy. No matter what ends up on the edit, like I won that battle. Whoa, 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 whoa. There's, there's uh, no, no editing. <laughs> Wait, people are supposed to edit podcasts? Ridiculous. I hope so. You told me that Shaq would never hear that sneeze. What? All right, moving on. Uh, next question. Yeah, I actually didn't want to interrupt the segment, but this whole time we've had a, a secret listener in the call. Ladies and gentlemen, Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Yay. Shaquille O'Neal and just big fan, but I got to go because I got to ball against some aliens on Mars. Deuces. Ladies and gentlemen, Shaquille O'Neal. Wow. You love to hear that it. That makes sense. That does make well, sense. Big fan of this show. And it Dude. sounded exactly like it's the authenticity Shaq. that we strive for. So, I mean, yeah. it was the real Shaq. Obviously. That's why it sounded like him. Not going to lie on this show. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I do want to say, as much as I like the, the first form of Pokemon, it's all about those final evolutions, baby, right? I mean, like, all these, like, Sprigatito is, oh, sorry, Sprigatito is, uh, I can't the Italian may not pronounce that properly, 
I feel like I don't like it too much. I don't like any of them too much, but I like all of them. But it's all about how they're going to look at the end, which will probably make my decision for me. Anyway, just wanted to throw that in there. Okay, okay. Or you could play like me where I never let them evolve because they all stay cuter if you just hit your B button. Ooh, That is true. Now I'm mm. a competitive man. My my Pokemon VGC rankings mean quite a lot to me. So. I don't even know what that is, sir. Well, it's, I basically go on Pokemon Showdown, which is like a competitive battling simulator, and I try to get on the leaderboard for every generation of like either overused or, or randoms. And uh, so, yeah, I, I try to familiarize myself with all the, the most used Pokemon in a generation or a format, rather, depending on what Pokemon are included in the game, which tend to be the, you know, the final evolutions of Pokemon. So, sure. So that's that's where I'm at. So I think uh, you ever you ever think about stealing any of the donations that you get? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> never. No, no. We get to do really cool stuff and help a lot of people. And honestly, I'll tell you a little story about me. Um, one time I was turning in Magic the Gathering cards uh, at a comic book store that was down the road from my house it's actually the one that i still go to Mm -hmm. and they gave me five extra dollars in in in-store credit and when i went back and was like looking at the receipt i called them and i was like hey you know you guys gave me five extra dollars and they were like oh that's no big deal don't worry about it i was like "Mm." well this has been two days later and i haven't been able to stop worrying about it so i'm gonna need you to go ahead and take that credit off my account they're like no no seriously it's not a big deal like take it off my account I don't want that. Like, that's not mine. I didn't earn those $5. Like, I feel like I'm stealing. I can never go there again unless you take it off my account. So I don't think that I would physically be capable of following through on stealing a donation because I'm just too neurotic. You got to appreciate the honesty. Although, you know, for a show that features a lie of the week, makes you wonder. Yeah. (laughs) We already covered that. We just met Shaq. So... Whoa, 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 whoa! That wasn't the lie. Of the yeah, week. no, that was other that ones. was the there's... truth of the week. If anything, oh, okay. Yeah. There's a lot of potential lies of the week, and we <laughs> leave it up to the listener to try to <laughs> decipher which one that is. In in two parter. Now that we we heard that story, did did the the comic book shop reciprocate in honesty and tell you that like they robbed you on how much they gave you for those magic cards? <laughs> no, 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 no. They didn't. And that's okay, I guess. I've come to terms that I have been ripped off over cardboard. No, I definitely feel for you, and I'm I'm happy that you did that. And I'm only kidding because I know that the the companies usually win on stuff like that. And uh, actually, not to make it about myself, but I, I went to Walmart one time and I bought some of those storage bins. And uh, you know, she's like, "Oh, how many got this many?" And she just kind of put like a number in the computer a quantity amount and then when i went to leave the guy at the door looked at the receipt and he's like yep you're all set you're good i'm like cool thanks and when i got to my car when i got home or whatever i bought four bins but they charged me for three and uh and i went back to walmart with the bin and I, I went to hand it to the lady, and she's just like, at customer service, and she's like, actually, our inventory would be messed up. You'd have to bring it back to the Walmart that you got it from, but that's really nice of you. And I'm like, all right. So I went back to that Walmart, <laughs> and I was like, I, I got to give this back. I didn't pay for this. And she's just like, 
all right, no, well, you can keep it and we're going to give you a full refund. And I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. This is not mine. I took this <laughs> from you guys and I want to give it back. And she just like stopped and she's like, wow, thank you. And I gave it back. And uh, yeah, so I know what you're saying, even with when it's stuff like that and it really matters very little, it's just at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how how few dollars I have and how many millions or billions that they have. It's just, that's not mine. And that just doesn't sit right with me. So I completely understand why $5 in store credit, like wouldn't mean anything to them, but why you would want to do that. So good answer. Good answer. Ooh, how are you going to top okay. that bill? Uh, Ask me what I think Fue Coco looks like. You know what? We've covered that. Okay. We've covered that. Wow. You got a favorite Digimon question or something? No, this one is actually about Dead by Daylight. Oh, I played that game. And that's a game that you play and that you love. My question is, is there a killer or monster that isn't already in the game that you'd love to see added to the roster? Yes, there is, actually. Thank you for asking. I have long campaigned for uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. To make an appearance because Ooh. we have no like a lot of the killers in the game um we have nothing that has that like aquatic vibe i think the closest is the newest chapter that came out with ringu um with that whole like drowning thing um but i really do think we need like that monstrous creature from the black lagoon i don't really know what the character would do maybe it's only a cosmetic skin but like i think it would be really really cool to have that um as that have that as something that was in the game because it's just like it's one of those classic tropes that doesn't really get seen anywhere else like you use it for you always talk about dracula and frankenstein and the werewolf but like creature from the black lagoon it's like the the monster that doesn't doesn't get their credit plus he's like a perfect like campy pick too yeah because he i mean like just like looking at him it's definitely like a really corny suit he almost looks like the grinch but with scales yeah, Scaly Grinch. Scaly Grinch. That could be his name. I mean, they never are named exactly the thing, so you could just call him Scaly Grinch. That's fine. And I think that could be great. I think that would be actually a really fun, really fun character to to add to the game. Yeah, I um, I don't know. I just told you I only play water monsters uh, or water Pokemon. So like, no bias. If I can have a water killer, that would be awesome for a DVD. Tony, any other questions you got? Just a, a quick one, yeah. It's a, actually a two-parter, but yeah. Last question is, um, and I'm gonna try to get through this as best as I can. If you ever donate, if you ever donate to an animal organization, do you have any hopes that the animals will understand where the money came from and can possibly try to understand slash learn and then play video games, making you the first person to integrate gaming to non-humans? If yes. Do you think that the problems that can come from obsessions with gaming will lead to laziness and destruction in the animal kingdom? And how do you plan to take responsibility for all of that? That's a really complex question. I believe a two-part question does deserve um, a two-part answer. So first, we have worked with a lot of animal-based charities. Um, we usually have done conservation work or we have done work with accessibility for like families that have less economic means to take care of their pets. So they do re-education to help with things like how to treat for fleas or, you know, your dog can't stay out all winter because it's a little cold, even though you have a dog house. So like, how can we talk about those things? So we have done that. And in that time, I did meet a dog because I delivered that funding personally in the form of like 2000 pounds of dog food. The dog 
I did not see them actively playing video games, but they appeared very, very smart. And I would always like to throw the offer out there that if any animals do want to participate, we believe that streamers and content creators of all sizes can make a difference. And that doesn't necessarily stop at the human species. So if we do have anybody that is interested in that, yes, I would love for them to do that. I would caution them that they do need to touch grass every once in a while. Uh, It's important to be responsible. And so as long as we are working with animals as volunteers, I think with the right, you know, sort of mentorship and exposure to the gaming industry, we can make sure to prevent the downfall of the animal kingdom. Um, But in, in the off chance that it does happen, and I have a legion of super intelligent Um, domesticated animals playing video games, I will take the responsibility for what ensues after that, personally. It's a very mature take. Yeah, that is uh, just a a strong mind, a strong heart, and anyone that could personally deliver 2,000 pounds of food by themselves has some strong arms, right? Some strong muscles, so just a... I used a car. I don't want to ruin this, but I have to be Um... honest. All right, yeah. well, two out of three. What a good person for the for the podcast. Definitely the, I don't know, maybe the nicest person we've ever had, right? Sorry, sorry everyone else. Just kidding. <laughs> but what a treat. What a treat. At that, you know, before, we're going to thank you again, but after so many great answers, thank you for, for indulging and all that. And, yeah, and thank you again for, for joining us today. Yeah, no, this was tons of fun. In fact, I'd give you a tip of the hat if I, if I could. Are you wearing a hat, Bill? I, uh... Uh, uh, yes. I think we found the lie of the week, didn't we? No, I just have a weird treble in my voice sometimes, and it and it it kind of triggers when asked direct questions about me trying to cover up my hair. Ever body natural response? Of course, I'm wearing a hat he's, to tip. He's always done that, though. He's always had that little like kind of cautious tone. That's just Bill. <laughs> Honestly, like we can talk about that when we talk about your condiment thing too. So this seems like it's oh, going to be a lot things, to uncover. Things, things we remembered. <laughs> things, <laughs> things we remembered. Oh, the the unpacking of the games of our lives. Everything I remember. Everything I know. That's going to be a wild follow up pod. <laughs> yeah, right. Tip of the hat to uh, Robbie's memory here. Just really really coming through and uh mm-hmm. making the best of things mm-hmm. <laughs> my friends never hate me for using that again <laughs> i'm sure they don't <laughs> tony do you have any tips of the hat nah nah <laughs> a lot of pressure now like he's maybe not wearing a hat and he's afraid to get called out that's yeah, fine i'm wearing a i'm wearing a beanie but i i, I would consider no, no, that a not- hat yeah, nothing on my end. I don't want to. I'm I'm somehow feeling in a little bit of a corner, <laughs> in a little bit of a hole that I want to <laughs> try not to dig myself any deeper with anything that can and will be used against me <laughs> later on. So uh... that seems fair. I love to come onto people's podcasts and intimidate them. Wag the finger for that fear in your heart. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Any, any uh, anything for you guys? I have a tip of the hat to uh, to just I'm gonna say from software for creating a game that I had always thought was not approachable at all, and I was always afraid to play it. But I've taken another crack at Elden Ring, and I've actually been really enjoying my time uh, living oh, as a yeah. tarnished. So 
you know, tip of the hat to to From Software for making a game that is just loved by the masses right now. Yeah, this is actually my first playthrough of a game like that as well. I am I've been on the first boss for about three hours, and that's fine. I just ran away from him. I'm not ashamed. That honestly, ho- that horseman. Yeah. I haven't touched him yet. No, no, I don't count him as first boss. First story boss. There's no running from a trainer battle. Oh no. <laughs> Basically, as a trainer battle, it's like the tutorial and I can't avoid it, but I also can't beat it. So I don't know what I'm going to do next. Just run away. Right. Probably. Because unlike Pokemon, you can run from a lot of the battles in this game. And we do. (laughs) We run fast. I Uh, jump on my little magical jumping sparkle donkey and just haul across the plains. Honestly, shout out to that sparkle donkey. Really just putting in the footwork truthfully yeah like that was the happiest i've probably ever been in my life to date was when they gave me that little that little ring or whatever and then what's its name torrent shows up and i was like oh we're best friends oh bffs for days john do you have any tips of the hat that you'd like to give yeah um honestly right now i'm still kind of reeling on the thankfulness like tip of the hat to my stream for a cause community um they just rallied together to do a lot of really cool stuff for some causes that mattered um like with the um the crisis in ukraine and and lgbt youth in texas and so yeah like that that's been really cool to see them um come together to make a difference on something that was not as planned maybe not as efficient as we normally do it and they were still like yeah no we're here like we're a community so like that's a big thing for me and also, you know, all the people right now that are kind of banding together with the hate raid situation, too. Like, I think that that's super, super awesome that there's like these like little quality gems out there circling the wagons to like protect, protect the strummers. Absolutely. Now, we've, we've said a, a lot of nice things, but inevitably, with every yin, there's a yang. With every up, there's a down. With every tip, there's a wag. Any wags of the fingers that you guys have for this week? Tony? Nah. Well, Mr. Nice Guy over here. Hey. Tip of the hat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how about you, John? Any wags of the finger that you'd like to waggle about? Not really. I mean, I guess I was a little disappointed that there was... I couldn't get Baja Blast this week, and that was sad. So, That's a uh, wag. That's a big It was. Wag. It was. So, you know, there's that. But other than that, it's been it's been pretty good, pretty good week. I have one wag, and we did mention it earlier, but I'm gonna wag my finger again at Chocobo Grand Prix. Too many microtransactions for a full price game. I know I stand alone in this, but that's that's how I feel. No, no, you don't. Sure. I'm I'm a hundred percent on your side. I think that's dirt. <laughs> I think that's awful. That game probably isn't even worth the fifty bucks that they're asking for it. True. Well, I'll be the opposition. I don't think there's enough microtransactions. (laughs) I think you can always add more. Although, let's be real. If they added microtransactions to a game like, I don't know, Super Mario Party, all uh, Mario Party Superstars, where you could add uh, Mario characters and give them alternate costumes and even maps. maps. You know, I'm going to buy every single one. Right. Like (laughs) Nintendo, if you're listening, like literally take my money, but also give me more maps. Okay. Not asking for a lot just maps and and one little wag of the finger to shaquille o'neal who really could have stuck around longer he was a little disappointed oh come i mean it was it was plenty that he even came i mean that's <laughs> that's, that's that's fair i mean he had a busy mars mission to attend to but 
We could have said hi at some point. <laughs> Why is he doing all these these spatial things? Space Jam, obviously. He he has no part of either Space Jam movie though. What what is what is his obsession with being in space? You know, he wanted to be the first man on Mars, and he found out that there was an intergalactic basketball federation that he needed to to represent Earth about. He didn't have anything in the docu-series called Space Jam and Space Jam 2, but all the characters were there as representations of what Shaq has done for our, our really our world. Oh, you can really okay. see a little bit of Shaq in every corner of Space Jam, the franchise. It's true, especially every time there's an angle from down, people look really tall. That's when I'm like, that, that's Shaq. That's, that's a nod to Shaq. That's that Shaq view oh, right there. That makes sense. Oh, why don't you just preface everything with that, Bill? Now you've got me all <laughs> nervous. Listen, Shaq is love. Shaq is life. Agreed. Shaq uh, makes great memes. So Fantastic. The last segment that we usually uh, talk about is what games have you guys been playing this week? Uh, there's a lot of video games out there, and I feel like it's been a busy week for everybody in the, the playing games department. Jambi, what games have you been playing this week? This was the week I started Elden Ring, so that's that's been something I've played a little bit of. Um, and I've also been playing Pokemon Arceus, and uh, I've also been practicing Valorant. I've been playing a lot of Valorant this week. Ooh, is, there must be a tournament or something coming up. Yeah, it's going to be on the 27th. Stream for a Cause has a tournament for Valorant, and I'm pretty excited about that. So I've been playing that, and trying to not embarrass myself um, in front of people who'll be watching since I don't, I never had Valorant to play before. For listeners of the show, we have uh, yet to mention that game ever on this show. <laughs> what is Valorant? It's like a hybrid of CSGO and and Overwatch. So it's like a ultimate ability empowered like buyout shooter, 5v5 um, capture the point map game. And oh, cool. it's um the first time I played it, I didn't really care for it very, very much at all because it was obviously like a really sweaty community. Um, but it's really all about who you play with, sure. right? Like so, like surrounding myself with people who are like, "Man, I don't really care if we win or lose. Like we're just having fun." It turns out I do care if we win or lose, and I'm the sweaty one. <laughs> and and so, like we've got team signs, we have team T-shirts, we. We will be the most branded losing team in the whole tournament. Now, if you win, you're going to keep that money, right? If I win, uh, no, I won't be keeping that money. Um, oh, the nonprofit that I suggested is Marine Mammal Conservation, because I got to save all the Quaxleys, I mean, even though they're not mammals. What if they evolve into something shitty? <laughs> won't matter, because I hit my B button. <laughs> Man's got a point. The defense rests. <laughs> Little known Jombie fact, I was a national mock trial champion. <laughs> Bill didn't tell me that before we started. <laughs> Tony, what games have you been playing this week? <laughs> I, fi I finished Mario Kart Double Dash, pulling the hair out of my head, trying to get gold on every single circuit to unlock that alternate screen. And get I didn't even know you get a gold cart at the end, I forgot, but it's a pretty badass cart and I got that and then it's pretty frustrating the whole way through and the more I play it the more I wanna say the game's not that good. So I'm <laughs> gonna say that right now. 
And also, you didn't you ask us to play the Kirby demo? No, I'm just kidding. We uh, I think we agreed to, to test out the new Kirby yeah. in the Forgotten Land. Uh, so I played that yesterday. And what do you guys think about it? Did you guys also do your homework? I mean, I, play the game. I, I, I saw a picture of him mouthing a car. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> That's about all I've got for the game. Fair enough. <laughs> I, I also played through the Kirby demo. And it's uh, Kirby in the Forgotten Land is a, a new Kirby game that's coming out on the Nintendo Switch on the 25th. It is the demo is a three level experience. It has co-op enabled as an option. And it honestly feels like a Kirby game. Yep. It's I think a baby it, game. It's I like that it's a co-op, though. I mean, I love I always enjoy when there's a new co-op thing coming out because I like to play with people. I don't like to just play online with people. I like to just like have snacks and play a game in front of the TV where both people have a com- like a controller. Like I really, that's one of my favorite gaming memories. And so it's sad that we don't have that as much now. So that makes me happy that it's in the game. That is one thing, uh, really tip of the hat to the Nintendo specifically for really trying as hard as possible to keep couch co-op as sacred a form of gaming as possible. They really do a good job. More yeah. so than any other company, at least, you know, in the last decade or so but uh yeah and kirby you get to play as bandana waddle d if you're the second player and you know uh, my girlfriend and i were playing together and we were having a blast because she would bip and bop around and kind of just do her own little exploring while i was trying to progress the level and she would accidentally kill a whole bunch of things and be super pumped about it and then she'd be like listen without me you would be worthless garbage at this game. Otherwise known as the Fue Coco. <sighs> uh, you know what? I'm going to have to end this podcast early real quick. Uh, butternut squash. <laughs> <laughs> no, the game The game does look really cool. I watched the reveal of it, and then I've watched some people play through it. Yeah. Um, and it does look. It's It's got the nostalgia. It's got like the fun coloring and all of that kind of stuff. I'm really excited for the game to come out and, and to be able to play it. And to be able to play it as like a couch co-op version is just like an even better. Like that's a nice thing. Absolutely. Tony, what were your thoughts? It, it, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't really great. It wasn't really doing it for me for some reason. I was I don't know what I was expecting, but uh, I, I got the feeling very early on that it was or the, the first feeling that I got when it said, do you want to play like easy mode or wild mode was all right. That's fair, but I don't feel right. I just want to play the game and not pick. And a hard mode for Kirby is probably like super, super easy mode for like Dark Souls, right? If there would be such a thing. So I'm just like, there is no hard mode Kirby. I mean, that that, that just can't exist. So I picked the hard mode, which I'm normally hesitant to do because I'm pretty bad at some games. And uh, and it was still easy as hell. It was... Uh, oh yeah, you'll get more coins if you play hard mode. And I'm like, I don't care about the coins. I don't want that. I just want to run through the game as fast as possible. And it was, it felt good. It looked good. But somehow I still found it to be like a little cheesy. And like, it just as monotonous as any other Kirby game would be. Except now it's 3D and you're running around. It's just like, I skipped all the cutscenes. I cared not, there's like zero investment like maybe it just got me in the wrong mood but it just felt more like 
all right, yep, I'm just I'm gonna go kill this thing. All right, the controls feel good, the game looks good, the it, it's fine. But it, something about it was like, eh, I don't really want to play this. But I played through the whole thing, and I was like, yeah, it's it's I, I don't know. It's like missing something from it's missing like a seriousness there's like no real reason that makes me want to play i don't want to collect stuff i don't care about the kirby universe i i just want a good game and i'm like yeah it's it's all right you know i'm sure it gets harder and better as the game progresses but just from that demo i'm like eh, i don't know would you say it didn't um suck you in (laughs) (laughs) yeah i would it's unfortunate because i watched him like attack a car so <laughs> there was obviously a lot of potential there. You can use that car in the demo. That's like the first thing that you get to do. It's like, oh, you're a car now. I kind of then... like that that mouthful mode. It's it's kind of a nice little <laughs> twist on Kirby abilities. I will say that I think that that's something I felt like Kirby games have always had. I don't know that there's ever been like a Kirby game that had like a real like compelling narrative to it. I I couldn't tell you much about Kirby except that, you know, they're cute and fun to play. Right. But yeah, now that you're saying that, like, I, I don't know that there's ever been anything that I felt like, like playing Kirby has felt like an especially like investing in the story driven part of the game. I just don't think it's there. I, I don't. And I, I think that's intentional. I, think, I do, too. I think definitely, it's just for fun. Definitely. I think a game about a little soft pink fluff ball that's adorable and jumping around and sucking in enemies and bipping and bopping, you know, th- there's a there's a place for that in the gaming atmosphere. I mean, you know, every every game needs balance in it. If it's the anti Elden Ring, I'll I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I guess I'm let down because I feel like all that stuff is intentional. You know, I, I just I don't know why if they're gonna be so expansive and and try to make this really cool game, it's like it's still not so much open world in that demo, right? I mean, there's some pretty tight invisible barriers that you can't really explore too much, and it just felt like you're on track. All right, destroy these guys, get an ability, use this new, now you're a cone, now jump upside down, and, oh, you got the enemies, good job. It's just like, there's there's no challenge, there's no story, it's just like... I don't want to say a waste of time. It's still a fun, easy-going game. It's lighthearted, but I guess for some reason, I'm just sick of it with Kirby. I just want something a little more. And, and if they have the capability, and they definitely do, they definitely have some some minds to create some crazy stuff. If they have the capabilities to make a game that's somewhat open world like this, or a big adventure platformer game, they could make it just a, a little bit more something a little more oomph i guess is what i'm looking for i think that they are in my personal opinion adding a lot to the kirby game with this new one especially with this whole you know town and upgrade tree that they've added and you know this this almost like mario 3d world style levels and Mm -hmm. i do think this is a step in the right direction for kirby but i don't think overhauling a game like kirby i don't know if it's the move it could be though i mean think about it look at what they just did with pokemon arceus where it was like okay so we know that the pokemon formula might be starting to feel a little bit stale right how can we do that with something that might be considered a little bit of a tester and we didn't even have pokemon arceus for what three two months before they were like gen 9's coming out and since like 
they wouldn't they would have pulled that if people were like pokemon arceus sucks i hate this place that right. they would have just not announced and so i think that what they're trying to do and what something that nintendo is really cognizant of doing right now is using a full game to be testing the waters on how they can adapt some of their formulas because the thing is is people have started moving away from those 2d side scrolling platformers that they really developed and started and, and became famous for and so they have to test those things in ways and if they can put nostalgic characters that make people willing to give them a try into the front seat for those situations i think that's good and so hopefully you know if the game goes well if it doesn't go well it's probably them just trying to branch out and how they're doing their games in general because i was like i i think a lot of people were shocked that gen 9 dropped so soon after arceus Mm -hmm. as an announcement and you could look at it and be like that is exactly like pokemon arceus like we responded well to that and now they're pumping out gen 9 even though it's probably getting it's probably through the works like they they knew that we would like it or they were expecting us to like it but they still held off on announcing it to make sure we liked it. And I thought that that was really smart. Absolutely. And I, it's so funny you mentioned uh, Pokemon specifically because the week before Legends Arceus came out, Tony and I put the entire Game Freak company on blast. Like we, we basically buried the franchise. We were like, we're, you know, basically done with Pokemon. This Arceus game, I don't know. And then it came out and everything changed. It's hard because the same we were talking about nostalgic games today. We're talking about that first gaming experience. It's hard to take something like that. It's hard to take something that we have so many fond memories for and to do it in a way that makes people feel like they didn't lose out on what their memory was. They didn't lose out on that nostalgic experience. But we have to be willing to also allow them to have new game designers to have the ability to adapt those things into something else because there's only so many times you can play 2D side scrolling Kirby games before it's like, damn, I don't really want to play this anymore. So sure. I'm excited that they're doing it. And I think we're probably going to see a lot more rebrands of games um, with that style because developers want to try new things and and they should get to and they should also get to bring along the characters that we love with that. So I'm, I'm excited. I mean, look at Breath of the Wild and zelda that was crazy yeah that was insane so i don't know hopefully it's like it's all trending in a good direction i think right and i i i do think that the game will be an overall positive experience but again we'll see game comes out in two weeks yep uh i'm excited any other games you've been playing tone no that's really it i think Kirby will probably be a six out of ten something like that six and a half out of ten that's my you know my early prediction but aside from that and i've been playing a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh lately I, i'm i'm in the process of making some Yu-Gi-Oh youtube videos of a you know format that i like and, and kind of playing games live and doing live commentary and then doing um like screen casting i think it's called when you uh or shout casting but i'm recording it live and talking doing the commentary live and then just uploading it to youtube i guess i'm just making youtube videos but <laughs> i'm really going in depth about all my my plays and stuff and i've just oh, been cool. yeah really into Yu-Gi-Oh lately and i'm calling it a master class uh video because it's it's very advanced um but i'm by no means a master and i don't really know how advanced it is i'm just talking about the the crap i'm doing um but yeah i, I don't know i've been real into Yu-Gi-Oh lately again and it's nice to to just be enjoying it with other people online. And yeah, it's it's been very fun. So it's been a good gaming week for me besides nice. the aggravation of Mario Kart and the, the boringness of Kirby. 
How about you? Anything else? Uh, let's see. Aside from Kirby and a little bit of Elden Ring, which Elden Ring is absolutely hilarious. Uh, one of my favorite things in that game right now is finding the blood stains and watching the way people die. <laughs> yeah. Especially near cliffs because yeah. everything is accidental around the cliffs and I've seen so many horses do helicopter spins. It is hilarious. Yeah, the little ghosts running around and then the sheer panic of them dying and then like right on one of those blood splatters. You know what happened and you got to watch it. And just to know that it's real people out there like making the... making moves that I can see myself doing. Exactly. It's very fun. Uh, other than that, though, I've been playing a little bit of Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because I have an invitational tournament that i'm attending tomorrow hopefully that is a dub but we'll see it's good luck it's gonna be 12 racers racing simultaneously so oh forget about it so second place um (laughs) (laughs) but i've been playing a little legends arceus i think i'm gonna hang up the cleats on that one though after about 200 hours it's starting to lose its shine believe it or not oh my hmm I, I mean, like, I've beaten everything in the game, and at this point, it's just shiny hunting. Shiny hunting, right? Yeah. You know, I, I have about 180 shiny Pokemon, and I I don't know. I just, I, I'm kind of good. <laughs> that makes sense, though. That's a lot. Yeah. That's and a lot. That's an awful lot. The last game, uh, Conquer's Bad Fur Day. Been playing that on my Twitch, and that is an interesting video game, to say the least. <laughs> I have about one more session left uh, before I finish the game, but the game's it's it's weird. It has bad voice acting and even worse jokes, and it's it's like a it's a chaotic disaster piece that I I, I definitely had to challenge myself to to get through. But it's it's conquer, so you know I had to try it once. It's a rare game. You got to conquer it. You got you got to conquer conquer. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's that's it for the the games we've been playing this week. Uh, I want to thank you, Jombie, uh, again for being a special guest on the show. You've been absolutely a delight to have here. Is there anything that you wanted to to plug or uh, shout out or talk about before we signed off? Yeah, I mean, we talked a little bit about what I do at Stream for a Cause. We are getting ready to ramp up for one of our largest campaigns of the year. It's called Paint the World Rainbow, and it's our LGBTQ plus support campaign that we do. Um, We specialize in grants to smaller grassroots and community-based nonprofits. And we want to do something that's impactful this year. We we don't want to do something that's performative. So many large companies and stuff are like, hey, it's Pride Month. I'm going to make my rainbow logo on Twitter. And we're now supporting the LGBTQ plus community. So we're really trying to locate globally nonprofits in countries, one in every single continent, um, and and pair them with sustainable grants and opportunities to receive further funding to advance LGBTQ plus initiatives around the world. And also highlighting like just how different it can be to be an LGBTQ plus community member in places where it's not safe or you have to keep it very secret. And so we want this to be something, it's a bigger campaign, but we're going to need help from, you know, not just our current volunteers, but we're always looking for new volunteers who are willing to help us fight for for the little guys out there, the little nonprofits that are putting in the work, putting in the hours, a lot of times for free, um, a lot of times just because they're passionate about their community and what they stand for. Um, and we could use help 
on getting that ready because this is going to be a huge campaign. Thousands of dollars in aid going out. And uh, it'll be tons of fun. And we hope to have some people there. Cannot wait for that event. I've already mentioned to, to Chelsea that there's going to be a busy month for Stream for a Cause in June. And, you know, we're, we're ready to, to put our boots to the pavement to help. I appreciate that. I love your streams, especially um, when you eat weird things. It's personally <laughs> very satisfying for me on like a really cosmic level. Like it does it like aligns my chakras or something. I, I still I still have scarring flashbacks to uh, eating lipstick. Yeah, that was pretty uh, intense to watch. <laughs> it didn't look good. You know, it, it tasted as good as it looked. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Streamforacause.org is the organization. Jambi, where else can we find you on socials? Yeah, uh, for sure. So you can, um, Streamforacause has a Twitter. It's at Streamcause or Streamforacause um, on Instagram with little underscores between all the, the words. Um, or if you have questions, you are free to reach out to Bill, you know, Bill the Fajita on Twitch or myself. Um, both of us are you know, been working with the organization for a while and and happy to share any tidbits that we can we can or help you get set up with charity events again thank you so much for being on the show so you can follow the show here at games of our pod on twitter and on instagram and you can follow tony at the poker rapper and you can see that man on youtube you can find him on instagram you can find him on tiktok and you can find myself bill at bill the fajita on twitch twitter and instagram myself Tony, parting words. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. That's right, very conventional, uh, non-astray goodbye this week. Thanks so much to The Juice for joining us. A huge shout out to Shaq for joining us. Thank you, Bill, for being a good partner on here. And what a great episode. Thank you to everybody. And uh, we'll see you next week. 